We are in part two today of our series called This Is Our Story. What we're doing today and over the next few weeks as we are journeying through our story, you probably know or you may remember last week we celebrated our 20th anniversary. Uh, 20 years as a church, and so we launched this series to, to celebrate all the ways that God has moved, uh, but to also rebuild our vision and our identity and center on who God has called us to be as a church, because we believe God's not done yet. We believe God's got so much more in store for us. So we did share an incredible testimony last week. We've got four more for you over the next few weeks. If you missed last week's, be sure and catch it online. You can find it on Facebook or YouTube or our church website. Uh, but we get to share another one with you today. This is the story of Jake and Olivia Wade. Jake and Olivia first started attending City Church back in August of 2023. So they haven't been here really long, but God's already done some amazing stuff in their life. Check this out. We originally found this church uh, almost kind of like, I don't want to say coincidence, but, uh, you know, there was going through rough parts of my life. We, um, and my wife was just saying, you know, hey, I really think we should get involved in church and just kind of find, you know, get, make that a part of our life. And I was, I was very hesitant for the longest. And, um, and then one Sunday, she finally talked me into it, and we got up, and we were just going to drive to the closest one, and then there was like three that were right down the road, so we picked the one we thought, or I thought, had the coolest sign, honestly. <laughs> that's the honest answer, and that's how, that's how we got here. It was, it was what I know now to be an, a life-changing moment for me. That first Sunday, I came in here, and I remember sitting down, and... Um, and Pastor Troy was talking and like I at the time was kind of you know just kind of looking around and then when he started speaking and the message he was speaking that day like it almost felt like you know I was the only one in the room and it really gave me a, a weird yet like cool feeling but at the time you know I was just kind of okay th that was lucky you know that that message you know yeah I could say that was for me but it, it, you know, like I was saying, it was all, I just felt like luck. And then we came back the next Sunday and, um, and it just hit again. And I was just like, wow, two for two, bet you can't go three weeks in a row. And to this day, every Sunday I come and me and my wife are just talking about it. It's there. It's almost, I, I feel like if I, I look around the room and I'm like, there's no way, like, this was scripted. Like, it feels scripted. Like, it, all this is, like, hitting perfectly. That was the second, the second service that we went to. And we got in the car after service, and he just broke down. And he was like, you know, like, I've been living for myself. You know, I know that this is not what God would want for me. And right then and there, he gave his life to Jesus. For real, actually. Well, honestly, just like what he said before... I don't want to sit here and call you selfish, no, but no, 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 no. Be I, mean, I don't want to call you selfish, but before he, you know, he kind of did do everything for himself. It was like, you know, well, I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that. Or I would ask him to go to church and he'd be like, mm, I don't want to. Or, you know, it was just always it was not him being a bad person, just something that what he wasn't comfortable with. And we're always, you know, everybody is skittish of things that they're uncomfortable with and new, new to them. And so um, 
finally, when we started going here and that, and he got that recognition, ever since then, it's been, you know, let's go to the first service. I want to go to church now. Like, he's just, he's excited to be in church, and I love to see that because it's a side of him that I've never seen before. So we got married in December of 2022, and um, a few months before that, Jake's mental health got really bad, um, and it was physically taking a toll on him. We went to multiple doctors. They couldn't find anything wrong. They said everything was fine, and but he felt it. Like He felt that something was wrong. And so then they suggested, you know, going to a psychiatrist or seeing if it could be that side of things. And now we know it was anxiety and a little bit of depression and just things that a lot of us go through. And um, whenever he started his, his journey, you know, with being a follower, I, I'm not going to say that it's been perfect because, you know, these things take time. But it's definitely, I see, you know, him stronger and I feel like it's he's been oh gosh it's just been better for him ever since he took that step you know once I hit rock bottom and kind of was talking about in in the shadows and darkness and everything uh, I mean it was there was no light no hope for anything I thought and then it was just kind of like this little glimmer of like shining light kind of started coming through in my life and that was when my wife started to you know talk more and like encourage us to get into church and I mean it's <clears throat> and that's when I realized that you know like hey this I really truly felt like this was God's calling and being like this is where you're gonna build your our relationship um, this is where like I the turning point in my life um, that I grow my faith and you know and I kind of went through a little spell where like I couldn't even listen to music on the radio because nothing interests me other than like you know just kind of finding and learning more about God because I knew I knew of him but I just I never knew him and um, now I know him and it, it's awesome it's all about having patience and just stop stop trying to do all the understanding and just put the trust in God and let him work through you because he's right there he wants to work through all of us and you just got to let him and that was what really changed everything for me it's it's been life-changing and it's awesome and I'm I'm really looking forward to just really growing my relationship but what I'm more excited about is becoming more knowledgeable to get others into the kingdom because I, that's my true passion really now in life is to make sure everybody ends up there. What an awesome story, man. What an incredible testimony. If you were here last Sunday night for our worship night and testimony night at the end of the Daniel Fast, um, both Jake and Olivia shared a, a little bit and shared some other pieces. And Olivia had maybe my favorite soundbite. She said, um, I always believed that we didn't need a church, and now I know I was wrong. Um, man, praise God that, that they found one. Praise God that something as, as silly and as simple as a sign drew them here 
for God to speak to them, man. Uh, I'm so proud of, of them sharing their story and so excited for what God's doing in their life. And I love what Jake said at the end of that video. And it's cool because this wasn't just like good editing. This was literally the last thing they said and when we did our testimony interview with them. Uh, but he was like, man, I just want to get everybody into the kingdom. I just want to see everybody come to Jesus. What a, what a beautiful testimony of God's heart. Man, this is somebody who says, I knew of God. But I never knew God, but now that I know God, I want everybody coming with me. I want to drag everybody into the kingdom. That's the vision, guys. That's the heart that I hope all of us have. Man, that we could go back to that moment of when we first believed, that moment when we first found Jesus, when we first discovered relationship with him and, and that passion, that enthusiasm we had that, man, I need everybody to have this. I want everybody to experience the joy that I'm experiencing. I want everybody to know the peace that I have right now. What, a, what an awesome, incredible story. I'm excited to share with you more videos as we go through our series. But today in part two, I want to talk to you about the salvation story. Um, what we're doing in this series is we're looking back into City Church's past and seeing different ways that God has moved through our church, different ways that God has used our church, and, and simultaneously looking forward to how God wants to continue to use us, who we are as a church, our vision, our identity, how, do we, how is God calling us to continue to be. I'm so grateful for salvation stories. I mean, I, I, I hope they never grow old. I hope we never take them for granted. Time and time again, we've seen God radically rescue people and, and save their lives and change their lives, and it fills me with joy every time. I get so fired up for each and every one of them. Jake and Olivia, they got saved, or Jake got saved his second Sunday here in the car, right? And so it doesn't even have to happen in here, by the way. How cool is that? Like, like God doesn't stop, like Pastor Noah said, we can praise him anywhere. His spirit isn't just contained here. He doesn't just live here, right? He's here because we're here, but he's out there too. And so he, he didn't raise his hand for a fresh start, but praise God, he found Jesus. Man, he met Jesus in his car, and, uh, and like two weeks later, they got baptized. They didn't even sign up. They just really, they came to first service. We said we were doing baptism, second service, and they just showed up like, we're ready to go. Uh, we're doing this thing, man. They just boldly took the step to follow Jesus, which I can't wait to get to baptize some people next Sunday and help them take that same step to declare to the world, I'm a follower of Jesus. And the book of Acts chapter 1, Jesus is about to descend into heaven. He's having his final conversation with his disciples. He's died and risen again. He spent 40 days with his disciples, pouring into them and encouraging them. And, and it's coming to a close. And some of his very last words to his people were this. He said, but you will receive power. Everybody say power. It's just a good word to say, isn't it? Just like encourages you, fires you up. It says you will receive power. Many of you know the, the Greek word for that is dunamis. It's the same root word that we get the word dynamite from. This is explosive power. This is demonstrative power. This is power that changes things. When dynamite comes in contact with something, that thing is never the same. And God says you will receive that kind of power when what? When the Holy Spirit comes on you. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and we'll talk about this later on this year and what this experience actually does in our lives. But Jesus says you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and then he says what that power is for. His power isn't to glorify us. It's not to bring attention to us. It's not to create a spectacle. He says you'll receive power, and once you get that power, you will be, not might be, 
Not could be. This isn't just for pastors. This isn't just for missionaries. This is disciples of Jesus. This is followers of Christ. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. That's what we talked about, the power of story. The power of testimony. If you weren't here, I encourage you to go back and check out the podcast. Check out the video on Facebook or YouTube or our church website and, and allow God to speak to you. Because I believe if you're a believer, you've got a story. You've got a testimony. We're sharing five of them in this series. But, man, there's a whole lot more than that in this room. There's a whole lot more stories of life change. There's a whole lot more stories of eternity that has been flipped that has been a man, man, life-changing encounters with God. You have a story, and your story is powerful. And so Jesus says, you will be my witness. What does a witness do? Speaks to what they've seen. Speaks to what they've encountered, what they've experienced. It says, you will be my witnesses. He says, in Jerusalem, because that's where they were. And then Judea, that was the surrounding region. Then Samaria, that was the next region over. And then he says, and even to the ends of the earth, which praise God, because I promise you, Olive Branch, Mississippi is the ends of the earth to some dudes standing in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. They didn't even know there was the other side of the world. They didn't even know there was a North American continent. They had no concept, but God's power didn't just stay in Jerusalem. It's made its way all the way to me over here on the other side of the world. Praise Jesus. He's coming to the ends of the earth. He's called you to be a part of witnessing of sharing your story, of bringing salvation to others. I believe with all my heart, the church, big C church, not just city church, the church is called to reach the lost. That's not the only call on church. That's not the only purpose of church, but it is one big purpose of church. It's one big reason why we exist is to share Jesus with the lost. I love Jake and Olivia's story because it wasn't even specifically one person from the church who was going after them. It was somebody who didn't have a church home, that loved Jesus, that the Holy Spirit started laying on their heart in the midst of this situation, in the midst of your darkness, in the midst of what you're going through. You guys need a church. Your husband needs a church. I think Jake would have told you at the time that he was saved. He grew up in church. He knew of God. He didn't realize he didn't know God. He didn't realize what he was missing out on. And so God started drawing on a young lady to share with her husband, we need a church. And Jake finally responded. And I love how this overlaps with our testimony from last week of Travis and Terry. Very similar, how God used uh, a praying wife, a godly wife to bring her husband. Now, all the stories aren't going to be that way. The next three will be different. But, but I love the way that God is moving in this situation in, in these categories in this demographic but the church is called to reach the lost now what is the church the church is not a building the church is not a leadership team it's not a board it's not a pastor it's not a staff the church is the people of God that means you are called to reach the lost I am called to reach the lost we are called to reach the lost and I think this is one thing that we've done pretty well down through the history of our church this has been a heartbeat of our church that's been consistent and been faithful for at least the 18 and a half years that I've been here and I'm pretty confident for the, 20, the year and a half before I got here this has been a soul-winning church a church that has loved the lost that has valued the lost that has chased after the lost we could phrase it this way to use a phrase we used a lot in 2023 we must make room for the lost we must make room for the lost this isn't just going to happen 
They're not just going to show up all the time. Jake and Olivia's story, they kind of did, but, but it, it were even seeds that had to be sown for that story, right? It may seem really practical and really unspiritual, but praise God, somebody gave and we got a sign. I don't even know which sign it was that they saw. Uh, I'm not sure if it's the, the one on the building or the one out at the road or which sign he thought that was the cool sign that we're going to go to that church. But, but praise God, as practical and as silly as it sounds, we were able to have a sign. Praise God, 16 years ago when we first moved to Olive Branch and rebranded and became City Church of Olive Branch at the time that Pastor Jason invested in, in somebody designing a logo and a, a young lady in Texas designed a logo for us that, that we've been able to continue to use and we're probably going to continue to use for a long time because I love that logo. It, it so clearly states who we are. Man, God uses those little things and it's making room for the lost. I want to talk to you for a couple minutes about those two words, make room. Last year, we, we declared, and it was actually the fall of 2022, I was driving home from the DAC. I, I play racquetball a lot of times on Monday nights at the DAC, and I was driving home from the DAC and spending some time with God and, and just really felt this, this theme deposited into my heart. This is where we're going in 2023. We are going to make room. And so we used that. We did a, a very long series on making room. We did a giving campaign on making room and used it and, and kind of interwove it into a, a number of things. And a few weeks ago, or a couple weeks ago, I was talking to my wife, and she was like, all right, fast is over. I guess it was last week. Uh, you lose track of time when you're on the fast. Uh, <laughs> you count down the days, for sure. Uh, so she said, so has God given you a, a, a theme for this year? Has God given you a direction for this year? And I was like, you know, I really don't feel anything. Like, I really don't feel like God has laid something on my heart, and I don't want to just force something. I don't want to just be like, hey, this is our theme, just so we have a theme. Like, I want it to really be from God. So I started wrestling with that and praying over it and, and talking over it. And here's where I landed. The, the reason why God hasn't given me a new theme is because we're not done with the old one. That, that didn't end on December 31st, 2023, that God is still calling us to make room. Um, I'm a firm believer that when you haven't heard from God, just go back to the last time you heard from him. What was the last thing he spoke to you? What was the last thing he said? Cling to that until you get the fresh word. And so we're going to cling to this one for a little bit. And I can't put an end date on it. I don't know what the expiration date is. I don't know when the next theme is going to be, if this is going to go the whole year or a few months or multiple years. But I know this, we are in a season where God is really calling us to make room. Just this week, I had multiple conversations with people who they're looking around the room. They're, they're counting the numbers, which, by the way, I don't know if you know, but last Sunday we set an all-time City Church attendance record with 284 people between our two services. We can give God some praise for that, City Church. We had so many people in first service last week that somebody had to park in the grass, and they got stuck in the grass. Please don't park in the grass. Um, not, not for... I'm not worried about the grass being destroyed. I don't care about that, but our grass is soft. Uh, you're not going to get out unless you got like a 4x4. Four four. Save it for the 4x4 four four people. Uh, but, but we're running out of space. We're running out of room. We, we, we had to go from three kids' classes to four cl kids' classes, which we launched a new class, by the way, if you didn't know. We, we had to do that. Why? Because we've got to make room. We're just in a season of making room. And so the question came up, when do we need to go to a third service? Like, at one point in time, have we outgrown two services? And I don't have an answer for you on that question today. I'm not here to announce such and such a day we're adding a third service or this is what a third service is going to look like. But, but I'm here to tell you this. It's coming. That I, I truly believe that that day is coming. I truly believe that we're going to be taking that step probably this year. 
certainly by next year. Uh, I, I really believe that we're going to be at that place. And so we started having some conversations. Many of you have been a part of our church for a long time. You know. Man, 12 years ago, when I first became lead pastor in 2012, shortly after I, I took that step, God deposited a, a call, a dream into my heart that we would one day have a Saturday night service. If you've gone through discovery, in our discovery, for 12 years, we've had a line that says we celebrate God with weekend services. And we ain't ever had any weekend services. We just had Sunday mornings. Uh, but we put that vision in there just so everybody coming into our church knows we've got a heart to get out of just having Sunday mornings and one day have a Saturday night. And why is Saturday night so important? Saturday night's so important because 30% of the American workforce works Sunday mornings. It doesn't matter how awesome our worship team is, and I think our worship team is amazing. It doesn't matter how powerful Kid City is, and I think Kid City is life-changing. It doesn't matter how fired up our people are or how bold you are to tell people about Jesus. If you work Sunday mornings and we don't have a, another venue for you, another experience for you, none of that matters. That's 30%. That's a lot of people. And it's not like there's just a whole ton of other churches out there doing Saturday nights and they're reaching those people and we can let them reach them. For the most part, if you don't have a Sunday morning, you don't have anything for people. That's a lot of people who aren't hearing about Jesus. It's a lot of Christians who love Jesus, but they're just in a job where they have to work Sunday mornings and they got nowhere to worship, nowhere to find community, nowhere to plug in and serve and be a part of something. So God put this on my heart a long time ago. And I don't know if you've ever had like a dream for a long time that just never came to fruition. And you started to question, like, was that really God? Man, was, was that just me? Was that my flesh? Did I conjure that up? Did that just sound exciting to me? At some point, and I couldn't really put my finger on when that happened, there started to be some doubt that crept in. Man, maybe that wasn't God. Maybe that wasn't really. And I never voiced it. I never shared it. But, but it just started to creep into my heart. And this week, we started having real conversations about timing. When are we going to go to a third service? And it's so encouraging to have that dream reawoken. Man, that, that I don't think God said that 12 years ago by accident. I don't think I missed God 12 years ago. I think I, I allowed some doubt to creep in, and I'm sorry for that. But it's coming. It's coming, and so at some point, we're going to have some conversations about what that's going to look like. We're going to make room for some more people. Um, I had some other conversations. I had multiple people come to me with this. When are we going to build a bigger auditorium? When are we going to build down the hill? When are we going to do that? Because a day's coming that we're going to outgrow what we can. There's only so many services we can do, right? There's only so many, so many services in, in our bodies, in our people. At some point, we got to, what is that? That's making room, right? So this make room theme, we may hold on to this for a little while. This may be something that, that, that didn't just last for 12 months, but something that God is really birthing for an extended season for us. I don't know. I don't have an expiration date for it. I know we're not going to do it forever. Um, but I truly believe it's what God has for us right now in the season that we're in is we're just going to keep on making room. We're just going to keep on believing for, for, for making room for more people, for creating more space, more venues, more opportunities, more classes. We're going to make room for the lost. And along with that, we need to make room for the unchurched and the de-churched. The unchurched and the de-churched. See, Olivia was, was de-churched. She grew up in church. She knew Jesus. She wasn't lost, but she didn't have a church family. Uh, after first service, there was a, a couple, uh, a family that I got to talk to, and they're like, you know, we're, we're the ones you're talking about. We were the unchurched, but we never had a church family. And they said, until so-and-so invited us to church and kept inviting us to church and got us to come to church, and she's like, we're not in church anymore. We got a church family. 
Right? She's like, we love Jesus, but we never had a church. There's a lot of people out there like that family. There's a lot of people out there like Jake who, who know of God, but they don't know God. And so making room is not about getting more people from more other churches. It's not about, man, saying we got the biggest church or we got the, so many people or this many numbers. Making room is there's a whole lot of people who need Jesus. There's a whole lot of people who need a church family. There's a whole lot of people who need a community. There's a whole lot of people who need a place where they can plug in, where they can serve, where they can grow. That's why we got to make room. Amen? Amen. So in my last few moments that I have with you, I want to share with you four steps to make room for the lost. I believe that God's heart burns for the lost. God was so motivated by our lostness that he sent his son to die so that I didn't have to be lost. And if God is so passionate about the lost, I believe he wants his people to be passionate about the lost. And so we're always going to be a church that cares about the lost, not just the lost. We love God's people, too. We believe in discipleship, too. We believe in taking steps and growing, too. This is not, man, we're just going after the lost, and that's all we're doing. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying this will always be a key emphasis for us. This is something we will always hold on to. We will always center our vision that we're going after the lost. Because people need Jesus. Because God cares about the lost. Amen? Amen. So here's four steps to make room for the lost. Number one, invite those who aren't clear believers. Invite those who aren't clear believers. The reality is, especially in America, especially in the South, we don't always know who's lost and who's not, right? Everybody grew up in church, not everybody, but almost everybody. Almost everybody thinks they know Jesus. And so we don't always know who's in and who's not. Praise God, I don't have to make that call. Praise God, I'm not the one who's going to sit on the throne and make a decision about who made it and who didn't. I'm glad I don't have to have that kind of pressure. So we don't always know. Sometimes you do, right? Like you spend five minutes with Teresa Davis, you know she loves Jesus, and if it takes you five minutes to get there, you were probably slow. It doesn't take long to know she is a Jesus person. It just comes off of her. It's just any conversation, she's going to point back to her king. She's going to point back to her Jesus. It's just her who she is, right? So there's some people there's no question. There's some people that you know they are lost, and they are very lost. And there's a lot of people in the middle. We're not really sure. Do they know Jesus? Do they not? They might kind of be like Jake. They know of him, but they don't know him. And so I would say invite those who aren't clear believers. If there's clear fruit, if there's clear evidence this person has a relationship with Jesus and they're in a church and they're involved in a church, let them stay there. We're not about stealing sheep from some other place, man. They need to stay plugged in. They need to serve. Let them stay. But if you don't know if they know Jesus... And they're not clearly plugged in and connected to a church. I'm not talking about like they got a place that they go on Christmas and Easter. Oh, that's my church. I'm talking like they're, they're in a community of believers where they're surrounded by people who hold them accountable, who, who, who are checking in on them, who love them. Those are the people we got to go after, right? So we invite those who aren't clear believers. In, in the book of Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says this. He says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. He says, by their fruit... You will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree, go, go back real quick for me. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. So Jesus says there's fruit. What, what is that fruit? The, the fruit is not necessarily growth, 
uh, the fruit is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Do you see love in them? Do you see the peace of God in them? Do you see the joy of Jesus in them? Do you see those things? Man, if they're bearing fruit, praise God. Now, none of us are bearing all the fruit all the time. That's an impossible standard. It's not like, oh, well, they got a little bit of lack of patience. They need Jesus. Uh, okay, some, sometimes we just need a little, little more discipleship. Doesn't mean we got to get saved. We just got some room to grow. But is there fruit? And, and sometimes we're not sure. So here's what I do. If I don't see fruit, I treat them as though they're an unbeliever. I don't mean that as like I speak down to them or I condescend them. I just pray that they'll find Jesus. And maybe they already know him. But I'd rather pray for somebody to find Jesus who's already got him than not pray for somebody who doesn't. So that's what, I, I mean, just be real, real. Like, I got a lot of family members that would tell you they know Jesus. But there's not a lot of fruit. In fact, there's a whole lot of fruit that suggests that they don't. And so I'm praying that they find Jesus. And I hope that they already have him. I hope that they're already in. I hope that those are wasted prayers. But I don't think they probably are. Um. I'm not the one who makes that call, and I'm glad I'm not the one who makes that call. But I would much rather keep pursuing somebody to find Jesus who's already got him than not pursue somebody and then miss heaven because I didn't reach out, because I didn't love on them. Hopefully that makes sense. Verse 16, Jesus goes on to say, he says, by their fruit you will recognize them. And then he says, do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree, there's bad fruit. So what's the fruit? Um, so we're going to invite people who aren't clear believers. I mean, just keep inviting them. I'm not saying just invite them, by the way. The only, it's not the only way for people to meet Jesus in this room. Um, in fact, I think that as the world gets further and further from God, less and less people are going to be willing to come to church. And the church is going to have to take Jesus to them instead of just hoping that they make their way into church. Okay? So, so please don't. This is not... Just read. All you got to do is invite somebody to church, and you did your, did your part. And this is just a part. Praise God, we are in the South, and most people have a respect for church. A lot of people will come to a church. So that's a tool. It's a resource we can use, but it, everybody's not coming through those doors. That's why we got to share our testimony. That's why we got to share our story. That's why we got to get out there and boldly witness. Um, but we're going to invite, number one. Number two, we're going to keep inviting those who aren't clear believers. Here's what I love about our first two testimony videos. It was a wife who hounded her husband into the kingdom of God. Praise God. She just didn't give up on him. She just didn't stop. She kept inviting him, kept saying, we got to go. We got to do this. You need Jesus. And eventually, God's the one who drew him. In fact, in Terry's video last week, that's what she said. She said, and then all of, all of a sudden, God just did it. All of a sudden, Travis comes to me and says, hey, I'm going to church. And she's like, where did that come from? But she didn't give up on him. Praise God, Olivia didn't invite Jake and say, Jake, we got to find a church. And Jake said, no, I'm not really into that. And she didn't say, okay, well, I tried. Praise God, she kept going. Galatians says, do not grow weary in doing good. For in due season, at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you don't grow faint. A lot of us have been praying for some people for a long time. In fact, yesterday at church prayer, had a young man who, what we do, we go through a list of prayer topics, and at the end, we pray for the stuff in the room. Had a young man who came to church prayer yesterday, and he wanted us to pray for his parents. He told us his parents' name. He's like, okay, what can we, how can we pray for your parents? And he said, I'm just so grateful they kept praying for me for years. For years, they prayed for me. 
And they're so excited about what God's doing in my life right now. Don't grow weary in doing good. Mom, don't stop praying for your son. Dad, don't stop praying for your daughter. Believer, don't stop praying for your lost siblings or your lost co-workers. Don't grow weary in doing good. I get it. I give up on my siblings all the time. And then God's like, I ain't gave up on them yet, and I got to start praying again, and I got to repent, and I'm sorry. I know how easy it is to give up when you just don't see fruit. When you were praying for somebody for 25 years, at some point, you start to wonder, is it ever going to happen? But it's God's timing, not mine. So we're going to keep inviting them. We're going to keep asking them. We're not going to shut down. We're not going to grow weary because praise God, he doesn't grow weary on us. Praise God, he is patient with me. He doesn't give up on me because I'm not to the place where he wanted me to be yet. He continues to pursue me. He continues to love me. He continues to believe in me. So we're going to keep inviting those who want to believe. Number three, we're going to make room for new people. We're going to make room for new people. Making room oftentimes means doing some things that aren't super comfortable. Making room might mean we increase our giving. Because, God, there's more people. You're trying to do something right now. And so we're going to sacrifice. We're going to stretch. We're going to be more generous than we've ever been before. Maybe it means we're going to start being generous again. Maybe we've... We've wandered off of that. We've, man, we went through 2020 and the economy crashed and, and stuff happened. And, man, I used to be faithful in this area, but I'm not faithful anymore. Okay, God, I'm going to make room for some new people. Maybe making room is, is getting involved and in serving in a ministry for the first time. Maybe it's getting involved and in serving in another ministry. I already serve in one, but, God, we need more people. Maybe it means I'm going I'm to be a part of, of multiple services. I'm going to serve one and worship one consistently. Because, God, I believe that you're doing something, and I believe that you're up to something. There's a lot of ways to make room. Here's one that most of us aren't good at, talking to new people. It's intimidating, isn't it? It's scary, isn't it? Well, we can't all be Teresa Davis. Uh, <laughs> praise Jesus for Teresa Davis, though. Man. A lot of times making room for new people is just being intentional about having your eyes open for them. And, and being in that conversation with that person you're comfortable with, with that person that you love, and saying, hey, give me just a minute. I want to go say hey to these people. I want to go introduce myself. Or better yet, taking that person with you. Let's go meet this person. Let's go welcome them. A lot of times it takes some boldness. It takes some courage because you're like, I don't know if they've been here seven times and I just missed them. And I don't want to be like, you know, welcome to City Church. And like, oh, I've been here four years. And like, oh, my God. <laughs> right? But I would much rather welcome somebody who don't need to be welcomed than not welcome somebody who does. Let's give each other some grace, too, by the way. Let's not just be looking for, to be offended. Like, we're not going to have to compare our city church credentials. Oh, I've been here longer than you. Right? Like, if somebody loves you enough to, to greet you and welcome you, man, praise God. We must have been going to different services. But, man, I'm excited, man, that we get, to, we get to meet each other today. Or maybe you meet them for the 15th time and they just got a terrible memory. Like, God has grace for us. So we don't have to be like, yeah, you know, you came over to my house three weeks ago. Um, right. We're going to make room for new people. We're going to be intentional about new people. Number four, how are we going to make room for the lost? We're just going to pray, pray, pray. 
Last week for our 20th anniversary, we celebrated with some songs from the archives. And we kicked it off with uh, a song that I love from, from, from a long time ago called Sing, Sing, Sing. Uh, and so I just stole that, and we're just going to re- reapply it. It's pray, pray, pray. We're not just going to pray. We're going to pray, pray, pray. We're going to keep on praying. If I were to look back over the last 18 months or so and be able to speak to what we are seeing right now, what God's doing in our church right now. And by the way, can I just say this? He's not just doing it at City Church. I had lunch this week with two pastors I've never met before, one from Walls, one from Hernando. Very similar sized churches to us, and he's doing almost the exact same thing in both of them. They're figuring out how do we get another service, how do we get another campus, what, what, what can we do, how can we build, how can we expand. I mean, they're in the exact same stories, the testimonies. The Spirit of God is not contained in this building. We are part of a bigger kingdom, and I am so grateful that it's not just us. God is moving right now in DeSoto County. But if I were to answer what is the reason why he's moving here right now the way that he is, there's a billion reasons and a billion people. There's so many reasons. But, but if I were to give you my top two, here's what they are. It's about a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, we started a monthly church prayer on Saturday morning. And that event looks different from time to time. We've had as few as two or three people. We've had as many as like 17 Yesterday, I think we had eight. But God does not move in response to numbers. God moves in response to faith. And I would much rather go before God with seven people who believe he answers prayer and that he does miracles than with 700 people who are just checking a box. And I believe with all my heart what we are seeing right now, the anointing on our worship the new people just being drawn in, the, the invitations, the testimonies, the stories, the healings, the, the, the kids, all the stuff, man, all the things. There is a list of incredible things that God is doing, but I believe it's because God answers prayer. And we just got some faithful people who are willing to pray. You've never been to our church prayer event? We, we moved it. We were doing it the last Saturday of every month. Now we started it. We're doing the first Saturday of every month because it just fits the calendar better this year. So I need you to mark out the first Saturday of March. Just come once and see the impact that it has on your life as you press into God's presence with God's people. If I'm real honest and real transparent, when God put this on my heart a couple years ago, I didn't jump for joy. Yes, we're going to do some church prayer. If if I'm just being, maybe that makes you look down on me as a pastor, but I wasn't just fired up to give up my Saturday morning to come and pray. It didn't just sound that exciting to me. But I leave here every month fired up, full of the power of God. There is something that happens when God's people pray. Out of that birth, the second reason why I believe God is moving the way he is right now. Because in the fall of 2022, early on in our time having church prayer, there was one Sunday where it was just, there was one Saturday where it was just three of us. It was Dave Wersima, Susan Wersima, who was on stage talking about our marriage, and me. We had a conversation that day about how do we increase the priority for prayer? How do we help our people see how important this is and how needed it is? And out of that 
conversation, which, by the way, that was Saturday. Monday night, God gave me the make room vision for our church. Saturday, where this conversation happened. I don't think it was coincidental. It was the same week. But out of that conversation, we birthed our prayer partners ministry. We made the decision, we're going to add another song. We're going to train up some people who know how to pray and who boldly go before God. And again, if I'm being real honest, there were some Sundays when we first launched prayer partners where I was just praying anybody would go down. God, just let one person go for prayer. Let somebody need something today in Jesus' name so those poor people don't have to stand up there and look at everybody and be like, when is this song over, Hunter? Shut up. Right? I never did that. <laughs> but you know what? We kept doing it. Something started to happen. People started to see God move. Prayer started to be answered. In fact, last week we showed Travis and Terry's video. And one of the first things that happened, one of our prayer partners reached out and he said, I remember when Terry came down for us to pray for Travis before we ever met him. And now he's sharing his testimony of salvation. God answers prayer. God moves through prayer. This is not something we do just to feel like we're a little bit better Christian. This is not something we do just so we can tell somebody we pray. We believe there's a God who sits on a throne, who has authority and dominion over powers and principalities. And if we will simply pray, he will move. So I'm commissioning you. I am challenging you. You are a prayer warrior. This is not a gift reserved for the spiritually elite. This is an invitation that God makes to every believer. You are welcome in the presence of God. He says, make your request known to me, and he will move mightily on your behalf. And so I'm challenging you, start praying. I'm challenging you, man, increase. Man, maybe you're praying 30 seconds a day, let's go to three minutes. Man, maybe you're at three minutes, let's go to 10. Maybe you're at 10 minutes, let's go to 20, right? Like, I don't know what it is, but let's make room for some more. Find some time in the shower. Find some time on your commute. There is time we can make, whether that's already there in the day, where we can just increase our awareness of God's presence and start praying specifically for the lost, not just for the lost. Who are the lost people in your life who need prayer? Start taking them by name. God, I believe you, man. Some of us, we got to just start doing that again. We've done it in the past, we've been faithful in the past, but we've grown weary, and I get it, I understand, but this is a season where God's spirit is breathing, where God is moving. This is an opportunity for us to take those names and make those requests known to him, so let's do it. Let's pray. Man, let's gather and pray on Saturdays once a month and believe God to move mightily. Let's take advantage of our prayer partners down here, not so other people can see us and be like, oh, you're more spiritual, you went down for prayer, or, or see us and think you're less spiritual because you need prayer. Man, it ain't about what somebody sees. It's about a God who answers, who responds, who moves mightily on people's behalf. I'm believing for more testimonies. I'm believing for more answered prayers. I'm believing for more people who see God move and say, yes, we gotta pray. We're going to make room for the lost church. We're going to keep making room for the lost. This is not a, man, our church is failing in this area. I'm so proud of the heart that this church has for the lost. I'm so grateful for a church where I truly believe that people can walk in in any situation in life and feel loved and not judged and not pushed away. I'm so grateful for that. But God's got more people for us to reach. He's not done. There is a harvest coming, and we get to be a part of it. Isn't that amazing?
God could do this any way he wanted to. God could send angels to proclaim Jesus across the sky. He could just completely cut us out of the process. And if I was God, I probably would. I probably wouldn't trust me. But God, in his sovereignty, in his love, in his brilliance, he says, I want you to be a part of this. I want you to get to play a part of the story. I want you to get to sow a seed or water a seed. And I want you to know that I used your generosity. I used your invitation. I used your testimony. I used your prayer to bring somebody to Jesus. What an honor that God would do that through us. Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me?